back and we're live. Oh yeah, are we live right now? Hold on, let me go to a quieter place where bulletproof coffee is not getting mixed. Um, where does this podcast find you, Chaz? This podcast finds me in Jackson, Wyoming. Jackson, is that different than Jackson Hole? Jackson Hole, I think, is officially just the name of the mountain resort. Mm. Is that true, honey babe? And the town is actually Jackson. Oh, good to know. I did not know yeah. that. Yep. So when you say I'm going to Jackson Hole, I think you sound like a kook. <laughs> it's like the wedge versus just wedge. Exactly. I'm going to the wedge. Okay, I'm going, going to somewhere quiet where people aren't mixing coffee. Ooh, going to no one outside. Man, so this is the world's longest vacation. This is. This is the beauty of this this vacation is uh, this was a driving vacation where we drove to Jackson. Uh, and the beauty of a driving vacation, I think, is when you drive, you can go on as long as you want. You can extend. You can go early. Well, I'm a, considering if you don't have obligations at home, I suppose you could. If you don't have an office job, you got to go get back to. But let's be honest. This is the, in the time of COVID, who really has an obligation? Who has That's a great ob- point. obligation that you cannot get out of by saying, ooh, I was a little risky this weekend. Abundance of caution. I'm not going to come in for the next two weeks. I'm just, I'm, it's all for you guys. That just seems responsible. You're hired. You're getting a promotion. To me, that's what I'm, that's all I'm talking about. Look at the zone outside, David Lee. Can you see? Holy guacamole, dude. Winter wonderland. Wow, that's insane. So have you guys, you've been snowboarding every day? Yes, every single day. Uh, It's been, yeah, we got an, Epic, 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 uh, sorry, moving, moving places. Uh, we got an epic powder day, one of the days. Uh, have you ever snowboarded powder, David Lee Scales? No, I, I ski actually, but yes, I've oh, skied really? powder. Yeah. I, but skiing powder really sucks, doesn't it? Uh, yeah, no. I mean, I don't say, I don't think it sucks. I mean, do you have big powder skis, like big stick skis? Um, no, I don't, but... I guess I haven't skied like, you know, way steep powder for an entire mountain or anything like that. But I've, uh, I've, I've skied, I grew up skiing. I started skiing when I was six and when I was in high school, everybody started snowboarding. So I transitioned onto the snowboard just to like fit in. Cause I got peer pressured basically. And then after high school ended up in Colorado where my grandpa lives and he and my father and I, they were both skiing. And I was like, well, if I'm with my dad, and my grandpa, I can't snowboard. So I got back on skis and I've skied ever since. I got to say, I mean, skiing, I hope you ride uh, sort of vintage 90s, like thin skis. The fat skis are, are not cool. They're, mine are pretty old, actually. And somebody made fun of me because they're old recently. Yeah. So. I mean, I think, I, I think you would be trending. Uh, yeah, I'll tell you what. The, I mean, I've been in powder a few times with the wife and had never snowboarded powder before her, so I had no idea what I was doing the first couple of times. I have a good story. I think I told it. Did I tell you about the Make-A-Wish kid? No. <laughs> I cannot first, imagine where this is going. <laughs> the first time I ever went snowboarding powder. First time ever. Uh, never snowboarded powder before. I had snowboarded like competently, you know, real com- low level competence uh, okay. in, in resort style. So in Jackson, uh, this is where Travis Rice lives, of course. Uh, and so the wife had set up or somehow Red Bull, a thing had got set up for Travis to uh, 
take a make a wish kid or was a make a wish kids make a you know wish to go snowboarding with travis rice he thought he was going in resort and travis is going to do a couple laps with him you know on the mountain uh travis rice being travis rice wanted to go above and beyond so got a heli uh for the kid the kid showed up at the like meeting point parents didn't know kid didn't know nobody knew uh and actually there was a helicopter crash the day before and so it was all on the front you know, headlines on the newspaper but anyway travis like hey kid I think his name was casey we're not going to go to the mountain we're going heli back country somehow there was an extra seat on the helicopter. never snow to powder uh helicopter goes back country we jump out you know full art of flight style <laughs> I proceeded to tomahawk down hill after hill after hill in front of wife, Travis, and Make-A-Wish Kid. But I feel, yeah, I feel at the end, I really truly made his wish because he was kind of ripping compared (laughs) to me. And so he's with Travis, right? You're not going to rip next to Travis. But me holding up the back end, just rolling down the hill, I think made the kid's wish truly fulfilled. That that is so amazing. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, he had, I he had no idea that uh, he was in for comedy in addition to a great day of snowboarding. Completely. The thing was, though, I felt happy. Toward the end of the day, Tra- Travis came over and was like, what board are you on? And looked at it and just scolded Cersei. Oh. And what do you have him on? Why, why do you have him on this? So this time, so I've snowboarded powder. I finally become competent in powder. This time, I was on a different board. Travis saw it and said, what are you on again? Gave me one of his orcas and anybody listening get a Travis Rice Orca board, LibTech board. Honestly, this pow day uh, here, I'll, I mean, I'll take that over the best day surfing any day of the week, any what? day of the year by far. It is such a better feeling than surfing. Surf wow. or s- snowboarding pow on a good snowboard is, it, uh, yeah, it's, it's indescribable how good it feels. It's funny, people ask, uh, like family members or whatever come over and they ask why I have so many surfboards. And that describes it essentially is the difference between being on the right board and the wrong board is a world of difference. I mean, it's, it's so bizarre how I always think, okay, I'm not that good. So right. it shouldn't matter what equipment I'm on, but this board, I mean, I've never been on anything like it. It is like an absolute revelation where you honestly feel it's like better than surfing. I mean, it's like your best day surfing with on drugs. That's how hmm. it feels. Hmm. Yeah. Crazy. Wonderful. A wonderful awesome. feeling. Yeah. Well, you're living it up, man. Um, uh, we, I feel like we need to address what went down in the U S yesterday in the news. I mean, it's, uh, it'd be almost, we'd be remiss to just not touch on it and have kind of a somber moment. Did you pay attention to any of the news yesterday? I did. I was on the Hill as it was unfolding and it just seemed kind of surreal. Uh, yeah. but it was, and I know that obviously it should be taken seriously, but it was so outlandish uh, that it almost seemed, well, it's going to be rude to say, but it seemed more amusing to me than a black mark on American history or a stain upon our country. It seemed like, oh, these people were having a kind of a party, you know, and maybe it was a racist party and maybe it was a rude party. Maybe it was a misinformed party, but they were having a party and their party got out of control. And like the pictures of the bro lounging at Nancy Pelosi's desk and stuff are, don't feel scary. They, they just seem very, very funny to me. That's well, 
so there's a couple of things worth noting. The more you watch the, the news, the more enraged you get. So if you just saw a couple of images, I could see why you feel that way. And through, as, throughout the day, as it was developing, my brother was texting me and a couple of people were asking if I was watching. And I intentionally didn't watch because I didn't want to get enraged. And I figured, like, let's firstly, uh, Congress was getting together to, uh, you know, ratify the electoral votes and basically either approve them or deny them. So there's a actual business thing that's going to take place, an objective, and that the entire um, intention of that riot was to stop that from happening. So the interruption of democracy is really where you kind of have to pick the bone of contention. And that's not, that's no small matter, you know, breaching Congress, the Capitol building hasn't happened since the 1800s when the British did it. So that's a huge, that's something that you can't just overlook or let happen. And when there's been protests or riots through Black Lives Matter or any other time in history, they send in the National Guard and they try to thwart it immediately to stop the destruction. So for it to be allowed to happen or to not prevent it with that type of military kind of resistance at the Capitol building, is actually shocking, you know? And so it does look funny when you just see the image of the guy dressed up in an outfit sitting there. Yeah. It is a funny image, but to understand that these are like hallowed grounds that even, you know, um, legitimate journalists on mainstream networks have to get background checked and approved for to get in and get a pass to get in and all that sort of stuff. These are hallowed grounds. And to have people defiling it is offensive you know i mean it was an absolute lack of uh, a failure of leadership on trump's part of course just to, to stir up a mob or to yeah i mean because at that point i think even the uh most you know diehard trump supporter has to has to look at that and say that's a mob right like there's no other way to define that that's not a, a slanderous term okay so to rile up a mob and then think that that mob is going to behave semi-respectfully is a a failure of leadership on Trump's part. Uh, B, I think the absolute failure of of uh, the police force there, the Capitol Hill police or whatever the the Capitol police, to let that happen or to let it get to that level was was shocking. Uh, and I suppose they're lucky in some way that it wasn't way worse that somebody didn't like have a you know explosive vest on or something like that. I mean, who knows what there, people, what's capable of people. There was a bomb that they found and like deactivated or whatever. One woman got shot. Um, yeah. One of the protesters trying to enter. From San Diego. Doors. Yeah, I saw it. Did was, you see the footage? OB. I didn't see the footage, but I saw, I read after that she was from uh, Ocean or Pacific Beach, I think. Or Did she in San Diego. fly out there just for the protest or the riot? I think so. Because Crazy. in the story I read, her husband, her husband did not go and her mother was like, or somebody was close to her was like, well, we don't know what she was thinking. I think she was in the queue, in the queue hole. It's crazy to think that like, uh, like this whole thing was started because the election was quote stolen, you know, that's been Trump's thing. So to go to believe that, first of all, when there's no evidence and all the, the courts have dismissed it, all that sort of stuff, to believe it, to fly across the country because somebody said to do it and then to get killed because somebody said it, which by all evidence, Wade, is a lie, is actually insane. Like this is an insane I mean, moment. I mean, the, the whole thing just, but I think it, I mean, 
yeah, I don't know. I don't want to go light on, on what happened, but I suppose it says something deeper about the state of the country than just, you know, we have a buffoonish president who is acting irresponsibly. And because the, the, like, it's one thing if I tried to get everybody riled up to go to Santa Monica and, you know, crash the WSL offices and go sit at Elo's desk, uh, in a costume, I would be me alone out there. Right. And so the fact that people felt this strongly enough to do it, you know, put and their I, life I just, on the I, line. Precisely. And I don't know exactly where that is coming from. I don't know where, I mean, I suppose there's a bunch of articles about, you know, white rage and about uh, people feeling marginalized and all this kind of stuff. But, you know, I don't know. It's a, it's a strange, a for, for sure, a strange time in the country. It really is. Uh, I agree with you though, that like, Trump is a symptom of the country much more than he is like creating a bunch of, he's, he's certainly highlighting rage and racism and all that sort of stuff, but he is a symptom of the country. Totally. I think he was a really, Trump's a great showman, right? And so he can get, he has showman qualities that can get people riled up in a way that Mike Pence or whatever could never, right? Like, I mean, just even if, even if Mike is saying the same things that Trump is saying. For sure. But the thing is all throughout from, I mean, honestly, 2016, I've been able to kind of track where Trump is going. Like if he says something insane, I go, wow, that's outlandish. But I understand like there will be people who get behind it and here's the path. There's a strategy to some of the most outlandish things that he said in the last couple of weeks, like with a phone call with, uh, that he, with the Georgia Senator, um, or the governor, and then with this whole thing, it's like, I don't see any plan at all. This only reflects poorly on you. There's so few people kind of supporting this version of what you're doing. You're way off in a ditch in this like perilous ditch, just in pure chaos mode. I don't see the strategy for Trump at this point. I don't see the strategy for any of his political kind of allies for a career after he's out of office. It just seems like chaos at this point, you know? I don't, yeah, I don't see what anybody other than him gets out of it. But if you're him, you got to be thinking, I was the person who stormed the Capitol for the first time since the British, uh, for the first time since the British did it, right? I mean, you've got to feel that, like, like, is that a I, good, I, is that a good legacy? Is that what he's going for? I think in the moment he feels good about that. I think he feels my sway and my power over my people. I mean, cause it's all about power, right? Like at the end of the day, I mean, I think anybody who thinks that any politician, of course, there's benevolent politicians, I think. But I think at Trump's level, of course, it's just this power vacuum where you're so hungry for power and as a pure display of power to have your people invade the Capitol building on your command. I think he probably sits back and thinks, I am powerful. Yeah, it's pretty short-sighted. Yeah, I mean, completely. But in the moment, I I would imagine that's what he's thinking. Ultimately, um, there's a real short-sightedness about legacy in that conversation. And also, I mean, criminal, um, I don't know, there's criminal repercussions to a lot of the things he's done while he's in office that he won't be protected from when he gets out of office. So there's that to think about, you know. A crazy thing that I don't understand, I mean, my last thought, I suppose, is these Trump people are all like the mask, like all into being maskless, right? And love being maskless. Yeah why would you want to be maskless when you're raiding the Capitol building? Wouldn't you want to be not for any COVID reason, but 
purely for being concealed, concealing your identity. How many of those people are going to get fired from their jobs? Like, well, I think there's going to be, I think they're going to be arrested. Like they're going to be prosecuted criminally. <clears throat> even, Aside. even if not that though, like, even if they don't, even if the police decide, okay, this is whatever, we just don't have the resources to go find everybody. The social justice internet will find right. every one of those people and email their employer and say, this person was here. And there's going to be scores of people fired and about just put a stinking mask on and Some, nobody, right. known. you could have said, Hey, that wasn't me. Some of those people, I mean, they become the mascots of the riot. They become, they are domestic terrorists who have become the mascot of the movement. Who is that? Who is the Q shaman or whatever? Did you, he was the one in like the yellow costume sitting I don't know. He was sitting on a bench in the Capitol or something. I didn't know he has a uh, name already. Yeah, I mean, he had a name before. I mean, I think a lot oh. of these, a lot of them were already known figures amongst the community, I think. Perfect. Yeah. Perfect. Well, based on, I mean, back when Black Lives Matter was kind of in full swing and there was pro protests and stuff, um, Trump was tweeting about some new law that got implemented where you'll get 10 years. Like if you deface uh, government property, essentially yeah. as part of the riots or protests, you'll get 10 years in prison, like no questions asked. So, I mean, if that's implemented, those guys are easily. I mean, uh, is that still on the, is that on the books? I have no idea, dude. It was a, what a career. I mean, what a, <laughs> <laughs> you know, a like crazy, who knows? What a, what a crazy turn. If at the end it's like hundreds of Trump supporters get locked up for 10 years. Because for domestic of a law terrorism. That, for domestic terrorism over a law that he either passed or, or wanted. It'd be the ultimate irony. And, um, and to be honest, my kind of as sad as yesterday was, and I think that I kind of disagree with you. I think that it will be, this will be viewed as a huge moment and kind of, it's going to enact a lot of change, I think is ultimately what's going to happen because of yesterday. But yeah, I think so. I think it'll. I think there'll be more security at the Capitol. I think that's the only change because really, what I mean, it was of course, whatever. I mean, I called it funny. That's absolutely rude. But uh, Congress still got together at three a.m. or whatever and ratified the deal. Like it, it's not like it. It's not like it achieved anything other than delaying something for six hours. No, I think it'll change how things are done moving forward. Like, I, I honestly, I feel. One of my takeaways, aside from the sadness of the day, uh, was were people were people sad around you? I won't say no. I feel like sadness today. Yesterday was anger and frustration. Okay, rage, you know. But so I think my takeaway though now is words have a lot of weight and lies do as well. So for the president to kind of repeat these lies and just to be able to go to that rally and say, hey, let's march on the Capitol. I'll, I'll march with you. We're not going to let them steal the election. You know, you could be like, oh, it's just Trump being Trump. But there's deranged people who will act out his demands. And so it's a reminder. And that's not just at the level of the president. We see, um, you know, phony gurus start, start cults and stuff like that. So it's a reminder that words actually do have power and that you need to be really careful with your selection of words. And so when I say things are gonna change, I think there's kind of a, a recognizing of the way that media operates and the way that, um, I don't know, just the whole system. There's a lot of things that were just kind of glanced over or overlooked that I think we have to kind of take a much more serious look at now and put more systems of kind of checks and balances and 
I don't know, restrictions on things. I have no idea, but I, I do think it'll end, some sort of change will come from it. Outrageous and contagious. Yeah. It's going away. Well, uh, I meant to just touch on that, but we did a deep dive. The two main Sweet. surf stories that we need to talk about are Tatiana burning Moana at pipe. And then of course the WSLs bringing cancel culture into 2021. Where should we begin? Let's start with Tati and Moana. So a couple of days ago, I think it was two, two or three nights ago, uh, evening session, Tatiana West, Moana Jones took off deep on a wave at pipe, which arguably could have been, a, it's probably a closeout. Like I don't think she would have made the wave anyways, but Tatiana West and Webb burned her on the wave. Tati straightened out. Tati should have tucked into that thing. Tati straightened out. Of course, Moana had already straightened out deeper and ultimately um, hit the reef because of she wiped out and ended up hitting the reef. So she confronted Tatiana Weston Webb on the beach. And then after, and apparently there was no resolution. There was no contrition on the part of Tati. Tati said, I didn't see you. I have bad eyesight. Uh, so Moana took to Instagram. She pulled the Surfline Rewind clip, posted it on Instagram in her stories, and then like four or five additional stories with an explanation, ranting at Tati, saying, calling Tati, I mean, straight out, not pulling any punches, calling Tati a kook, saying, um, you know, just because you're a CT or you're not allowed to, you're not entitled to waves out here, you have to earn your way in the lineup, shaming her for hiring a coach, which was Ross Williams, um, who posted photos two weeks ago of literally blocking other surfers for Tati, like Tati sitting kind of on the shoulder. Ross is deep. He's jockeying for, for priority, battling for waves, gets it. And then at the last second pulls back and tells Tati to go so she can get experience at pipeline. So Moana called her out for that too. And was like, shame on you. You can't just hire people to come out here and block for you. And she said, and in regard to your bad eyesight, I didn't see you burn a single other dude out there. You chose to burn me because I'm a local girl who you think you can get away with it. Well, shame on you. So what are your thoughts on this whole debacle? Bravo to the women, I say. I say uh, maybe the besides uh, Carissa's performance at Pipeline, I think the we can all agree that the women's final and whatever, what what did they surf there? Quarters, semis? One final? quarterfinal, heat, just... two one quarterfinal, two semis, and one final. Yeah. So besides Carissa, we can all agree that there was no stellar waves written, right? No, definitely not. So a bit lackluster. But now all the fire on the women's side, right? Like this is the kind of stuff that I love about pipeline is that it's such a I don't know, just that cauldron of passion and of finite resource yeah. that's all these people are fighting for. And it feels like on the men's side, not professionally, just men in general there, it seems like whatever the pecking order is, has worked out such that it just, you know, I don't know. I don't know. I'm sure men burn each other too, but when was the last time we saw a fiery pipe exchange, right? And it's been a long time. And the other thing is these things probably, I mean, they certainly did happen but it was just for the viewing audience on the beach, like seeing it kind of on the internet is a relatively new development. I guess we saw, saw it in surf videos through the nineties and beyond, but. But the, the, the fire of Moana yeah. and the, pa the passion that she brought and her, 
I mean, she was totally justified in it. And of course, I, I can't remember who I read. It might've been, I can't remember who, but somebody said, you know, like, I don't know, this stuff should be between you. You shouldn't bring it to social media, but she did bring it to straight to Tati. I mean, there's that sweet yeah. video of her beautifully lit. I mean, it's like a Hollywood production I where know. I don't know how she got that angle and that lighting on her. And she looks like absolutely incredible just giving hell to, to Tati. And so she did, you know, and clearly if Tatiana was like, if her excuse was I have bad eyesight, then uh, Tatiana, to her credit, I think, does wear very cute eyeglasses. I've seen pictures of her wearing cute eyeglasses, but that's a pretty poor excuse uh, poor. for why I burned you. And, and if that's if that's your excuse, then Moana had the full right to roast her. And thank you. Thank you, Moana, for bringing not only passion and fire, but entertainment to all well the difference between it happening in the past and it happening here is uh moana let her off easy you know like in the past without a a crack yeah in the past there would have been a beat down on the beach and not only from moana but from all the other guys on all the uncles on the beach too who witnessed it but i would take any day of the week i would take a quick beat down over the shame the shame of being drugged through the court of of you know social media yeah i mean because tatiana did not look good tatiana clearly stuffed her and and straightened out i mean it was if tati would have stuffed her and gotten barreled then i think you could say that was just rude that was like kelly slater style rude uh but the way it went down was both rude dangerous and completely uncool yeah so we're only here in terms of um Tati's rationale, we're only hearing Moana's side. The evidence or the video speaks for itself, the surfing, but in terms of what the rationale was, Moana's the only one who actually vocalized. I haven't heard anything from Tati. You can lip lip read though in the thing, you can lip read uh, Moana saying something about your effing eyesight. Right. So that was clearly said. Okay, so if Tati would have come in and said, dude, that was clearly a closeout. You weren't going to make it. That's why I went. That'd be one thing. That'd be actually justifiable. And then Moana could say, yeah, well, I had to straighten out and I got hurt because of it. And they could argue about that. But Tati saying, I didn't see you. Or like all of that, the lack of contrition or the lack of kind of owning her position in it, I feel like is really, really lame. And it's, it's cowardly. Oh, the complete passive, like, so sorry, bro. Didn't know you were there. How many times, how many times? I mean, that's the thing as I think it's a, it's a thing that resonates with all surfers. So many times we all have been paddling into a wave dude on the shoulder looks once, looks twice, looks three times back at us. And then goes. Yeah. And then afterwards, oh man, so sorry, I didn't see you. Yeah. How many times that happened to you? It's happened to me twenty times in totally. thirty times in my life, right? Yeah. And so I think everybody knows that dang feeling of don't, don't use the I didn't see you. Like I didn't see you should be banned from surfing lexicon. So let's consider this. Do you think Tati looked back, like you said, and then just thought, eh, it's worth it. Like I'm gonna burn her. Number one maybe I'll get the wave, like a clip that's usable, uh, an epic wave. Even if I don't, and this goes viral, this only really uh, elevates both of their profiles. And I don't know that she's thinking that far in advance, but there's no reason for Tati not to go kind of, right? I mean, 
is it worth it for Tati to go? I mean, now it's the, the thing is, I suppose it did elevate both their, I mean, Moana comes out of this. I feel a, I mean, the fact your name is thinking Moana too. How good is that? <laughs> I mean, the, the fact that, that Tati didn't just burn, you know, an Aussie girl or a California girl. She burned a girl with a Royal Hawaiian name. Yeah. Uh, is, is one thing. I think Tati's calculation was probably, here's a girl going, I'm just, I'm just going to go. I think like, so too. And she, she definitely wouldn't have done it if it was a guy. I, I mean, cause she never has. Right. And so I think she made a quick calculation of, and maybe, you know, obviously I don't, it'd be interesting to watch the, uh, Surfline rewind, watch the whole session and see if Tati was getting frustrated. Like, was she not getting waves? You know, cause everybody's, I think knows that feeling too. You're out there for a while, a while, and you're just getting bummed and fine. Eventually you just say, you know, screw it. I'm going on anything. And maybe it just, that was Tati's mindset. Yeah. And I'm sure she was fresh. I mean, it's a guarantee. She was frustrated. Everybody in that lineup is frustrated because they're not getting the yep. waves that they want to get. Um, so except for Cole Rothman, he's not frustrated, right? He's actually burning dudes. Like he said <laughs> that he was going to. Um, and that's the other, so that is the other thing is Koa posted a clip two or three days ago saying, I told you I was going to do it. And it's him burning a dude. How this happens. That, though? What? How perfect was that? Yeah, it was amazing. I mean, but, I thought, man, a man of his word. <laughs> totally. So this happens uh, every, if not every 10 minutes at Pipeline when it's pumping, certainly every hour or half hour of people getting burned on waves, usually because it's mainly guys out there. It's guys on guys, man on man crime. And rarely anymore does it end up in fisticuffs on the beach even less rarely does it end up, or even more rarely, does it end up uh, on social media with two people arguing and not fighting? You know what I mean? So I'm wondering how much of this is even an issue. Like Moana's extra activated because it's Tati. Tati's extra ridiculed because it's Moana. You know, it's there's certainly a double standard at play. And even their actions are kind of a reaction to that. I mean, I, I just wonder though, like, again, with the sort of coming out party of, okay, now fine, you know, Blue Crush was what, 2004? I, I don't know. Yeah. For, forever ago, whatever. Blue Crush was like basically a decade and a half ago was the coming out party for women at Pipeline, theoretically. It fizzled until this year again. Now, okay, now they're actually surfing pipe. This seems to me like women, uh, I mean, imagine you're out there and you're a woman, you're not only competing with the men, now you're competing with each other. There's, there's something raw and wonderful in that. I feel where I wonder if we're going to get an awesome pipe chart, another, I should say, cause uh, who is the, oh, what's her name? Dang it. I lost her name. Anyway, there's been pipe charging women, right? But if we're going to get a sort of next generation now yeah. of women charging pipe, were you going to say Rochelle Ballard? Exactly what I was going to say. Um, so it'd be easy to say, I mean, like the most woke would say, it doesn't matter if it's a male or woman. Like, you know, don't factor that into your decision. If you're going to burn somebody, like you just go or you don't go. Um, however, it absolutely matters. Like every person that I look to burn or not burn, it's not based on their gender. It's based on this myriad calculus that I'm running 
what level of kook are they? Like what type of board are they riding? What, how are they paddling? Like what's their look of intent? Like you're factoring in all of these decisions. So if gender doesn't, isn't one of those criteria, then I think maybe you'd be disingenuous to say that it isn't, you know? Um, Gender for me in the lineup, it's a real bummer because it only like, if I see a kook guy on a wave storm paddling kookily for a wave, burn him every day of the week. If I see a kook woman on a wave storm paddling kookily for a wave, I typically won't burn her. Totally. Because I think, oh man, I'm gonna get I'm gonna get busted here. So yeah, like I don't exactly. want to be the jerk, jerky guy. Like she she can learn and have her wave. But yeah, remember when um, Johnny Boy Gomes punched that chick at pipe? <laughs> yes. <laughs> How gnarly is that story? I mean, we should. Yeah, it's it's one of the gnarliest in surfing, I think. I mean, we really, I should have looked this up to have the, yeah. all the research in front of me before we start talking about it. But what was the backstory? Did he end up in jail for that? Like what, what I did she get hurt? I can't really remember. I, I can't remember. I only remember that it happened and then thinking, oh my goodness, I, this is, that is awful. <laughs> that is not that good. That is a bridge too far. I mean, like yeah. when, when we, um, when we talk about violence at Pipeline, I almost, advocate for it uh i hate to say it that's not the right words but there is an element of like i trust the enforcers uh to i trust that they know what they're doing and that they see that they see a boundary line and that they're going to enforce what they're enforcing is you stepped beyond this boundary line and created more danger in the lineup for those who are out here doing it uh, you know, with a mitigated risk or whatever, or like with a certain skill level or talent. And so if you're going to create havoc in this already dangerous lineup, we're going to put you in check and we're not going to put you in the hospital, but we're definitely going to rattle you enough so that you get out of this dangerous situation. Exactly. And don't do it again. And so that's where I always felt like, okay, well I can agree with the local, that version of localism. I'm not, I'm first of all, I'm not out there surfing period when it's, Certainly not when it's big. So I can agree with them doing that from afar, but I don't know how you justify punching a chick. <laughs> like at that, at that point, it's like, wow, Johnny went rogue. Like there's yeah. no justification for this. <laughs> it was really, really, lucky. yeah, it's funny. I forgot about that story, but yeah, it, it's gotta be the low watermark of Pipeline's history. I mean, it's almost the end of the wolf pack. I mean, he, he wasn't wolf pack, but like the end of that era of like yeah. enforcement at pipeline it was like yeah. everybody just everybody who was involved with enforcement at pipeline kind of stepped Uh-oh. back at that point yeah. <laughs> like oh we can't be associated with this um so this was Akila ipa's comment on my instagram post regarding this he said if you need coaches to block for you you shouldn't be out there i'm a coach and i would never do that for a student and i would never give way to a coach blocking for someone you have to earn the right and respect the guys in the lineup there's guys with 40 years of experience out here trying to get work done and somebody asked what are you referring to as work and he said well this is kind of an office a lot of these guys out here actually make a living doing this and they're trying to get work done so what are your thoughts on the idea of her hiring a coach and the fact that that's ross williams no less i mean this is kind of reflects poorly on Ross even it does I mean I think it's a bad look Ross probably shouldn't have I mean I'm, I don't think Ross had bad intent he's probably just thinking you know what I'm gonna get Tatiana's paying me I have a place out here 
yeah in the packing order uh i will i will sell my place which is essentially what he did right he made a business That's transaction the- for his for his place in the lineup and sort of the morals of selling a place in the lineup i suppose is a separate debatable topic it's blasphemous that is the topic well i mean i think what happens though i would i would hope what happens is ross then loses a yeah. day or two of priority, right? Like people are just should, not that I'm advocating for this. I don't, don't know what they should do, but everybody should just burn Ross for a couple of days. Like, <laughs> hey, you, you misused. I mean, because if you're going to protect the sanctity of a, like, because a lineup position is sacred, right? I think at some level, like yeah. it is earned, that above all things is earned, earned, earned. Like you, at any local, not just at Pipe, but, you know, Pipe more than anywhere else. Like, the people who put time out there to know swell direction, to know, you know, every little nuance of that wave, which Ross Williams earned that himself, right? Ross Williams has spent countless hours, I'm sure, out at Pipeline. He earned his spot. So to cheapen that by selling it, to me, you, I mean, you said it, it seems blasphemous. It didn't when he did it. It does now in hindsight, since this altercation happened. Because when he did it, it was the night before Tati's heat at Pipeline. And if anybody is going to do that, I mean, Ross is entitled to. And he also coaches John John. Like his pedigree and his, you know, it's, at that time, I didn't even think twice about it. Look, look at how that, all those, totally. That, I mean, but the story, story comes together. It's like Trump inciting exactly. violence and then violence happens. And then you can look back and say, Trump, why, you know, you were out of line. Yeah. Like, so Ross, Ross's action, which may have seemed just like Ross being Ross or not Ross being Ross, well, <laughs> Ross being Ross, I suppose. But well, so that, I think the point there is that as the coach, he should be instilling certain values in Tati, you know, like, well, it, like, Hey, I, you're going to be my student. Like, Hey, I'm a Kung Fu master. I'm training a student. If my student goes out there and kills somebody with his hands, that reflects on me. Yeah, totally. You know? Well, I mean, that's the thing too, is I would imagine Ross could tell Tati, okay, this is how, you know, coach her how to get a wave out there instead of blocking her, blocking for her, yeah, right? Exactly. Like you got to be sitting on this boil at this time, put your head down, shout at the person on your inside and say, I'm going, you know, the, all those kinds of things that those guys do out there. And of course, you know, maybe Tati doesn't get the wave or any wave at all before her Tita pipeline, but all that stuff, I think, I would imagine you're coaching for the long haul. You're not coaching for one event. Yeah, I agree. I think that's kind of the more granular detail. The nugget in it is like, you're doing this in a free surf session to help her get a better contest result tomorrow, which is the ultimate discussion about, you know, soul surfing versus competitive surfing that we always kind of have. And that I think is where there's the distaste is like, yeah. you're now, you're now the contest, which shouldn't matter to anybody and nobody should serve to the criteria. The contest that's happening tomorrow, you're bringing into a free surf and not only to practice for the free sur- for the contest, but to hire a coach to then use his level of position in life and out here to block for somebody who's ultimately going to lose a heat tomorrow. She's not even going to use the, what she learned to do. Do you think the Jones family uh, has a discussion with Ross about what went down? Probably not. I, you I, think it's just all like, well, I would, yeah, I would imagine, I, I, suppose they're, I would imagine yeah. they're close enough 
like that community is close enough to where Ross, Ross's intentions are not mistaken by the Jones family. You know, like I have a feeling they all understand one another pretty well. And maybe even Ross was reached out at first and just said, Hey, I want to help squash this. Tati, you're wrong. Moana, you're right. And by the way, Moana is the foremost female pipe surfer currently. The day of the, the day of the pipe masters after they finished the event, she went out there and got a wave that would have been a 10 and she posted it on her Instagram. So you can go back and look at it. She's a legit pipe surfer and she's been paying her dues out there for years to earn that position. So I have a feeling that, yeah, Ross would definitely um, make it crystal clear that Tati was in the wrong yeah, and that he's not like standing by her side as her coach. One final question. Yeah, go ahead. Thank you. I mean, thanks to Moana, though, for bringing, bringing the fire again. It's been missing. I agree. Um, one final question regarding this is, should Moana have brought this to social media? For sure. I mean, in the day and age of, again, social media being the court, social media being the sand, I suppose, at, at some level, by all means. And especially when you do it well. I think she did it really well. I thought she put together a compelling, entertaining package all her stories together, her telling the story, her showing the video, her telling more, her showing the video of her barking at Tati, so beautifully lit. Uh, It was a complete Hollywood production that, I mean, rarely do I flip through surfer stories and am captivated moving one to the next. Like that was a page turner. And as an author, Moana, bravo. how, what percentage of that was a ploy for her to elevate her profile? I mean, probably, uh, I don't know if she made that calculation, uh, but it's certainly, if that was her calculation, then she's way smart. Uh, I think she lives in a headspace where that is the calculation. Well, even more Bravo then, because it totally worked. Uh, I didn't think she came across in a lot of those that, a grieved surfer comes across whiny. I, but I didn't think she came across whiny. I, it seemed like she had her say to Tatiana, excuse me, had her say with Tatiana or to Tatiana on the beach was unsatisfied and so decided to drag her through the court. That's the headspace that I'm talking about. Like that, the I'm still feeling rage and I need a mob to react to this rage with me to validate my rage. And social media is the platform, but that's, I think that's the headspace that we're all living in right now as a society. And so, yeah, I don't think that it was like, okay, if, when you say calculated, I don't think it was calculated where she goes, if I do this and then stab picks it up and beach grip picks it up, then I'm going to get 3000 new followers or anything like yeah. that. But I do think it was, man, I, I, I need to gather a mob behind me to feel the same kind of rage that I'm feeling now and not just to validate my rage, but also I do not want this to happen tomorrow. We yeah. can't let this go on at pipeline. We have to stop this. So, I mean, I think there's something to that, to making something public of like as public as you can, if you're really incensed to say no more of this. And especially, I mean, I can, if that was, if Tatiana was like, I'm sorry, I didn't see you. I really didn't see you. And that was the end of Tati's like, you know, if you were Tatiana, I mean, you really should have just fallen on the sword right there on the beach and said, you know, I am profoundly sorry. Like I saw you, I burned you. I thought that you were going to, you, what you said, I thought it was going to be a closeout. You know, 
I don't know. I would imagine that Tatiana could have been able to tamp down Moana's rage if she would have reacted appropriately. The ultimate baller move for Tati would have been to do exactly that. Contrition, either admit to her exact headspace in that moment, like, hey, I didn't think you're going to make it. It looked like a closeout. And honestly, you are a girl. And I was like, well, I'm not going to get punched in the face by her. So I'm going to go. I made that calculation and I went, are we done? And then paddle straight back out and go yeah. fight for position in the lineup. Like if she would have paddled yeah. out after getting in this altercation. I mean, do you remember that story of Chris Ward? Yeah, got punched out and paddled straight back out. Chris Ward shows up and starts just, uh, I don't know if he's back paddling or properly burning, but he was full on getting in people's way at back door. He got sent into the beach, like you said, got punched out, grabbed his board and paddled right back out and then waited his turn. You know, yep. didn't, didn't go out there and burn people, went out there and waited his turn. And that's, that's how you handle this. And Moana would have probably not posted it on social media had Tati done that. So there's our uh, advice to you, Tati. There you go, Tatiana. You can, um, you can hire David, David Lee and I as different kind of coaches. We can be your, so, your social coaches. Consultants. Ross can yeah. be your athletic coach. We'll be your consultants. <laughs> Social strategy. Um, so WSL cancels the events, Sunset Beach event, the Piahi event, and the uh, Santa Cruz event is now, quote, postponed. And I, I thought this, the Santa Cruz event was fully canceled. Maybe. I mean, the, maybe it has been since, but the initial press release was that it's postponed. Okay. But it's all but canceled. I mean, let's just call it what it is. It's canceled. Yeah. Um, and they're saying that they're looking forward to reconvening for the Australian leg of the tour in April. Um, this is of course, and you guys broke the story that the Vulcan pipe pro and the Dehui permits were not being honored. And it really all eyes and all blame points to the WSL's handling of the pipe masters. So they ran the pipe masters on a film permit. Eric Logan, the CEO, contracted COVID and other WSL staffers or contractors. We don't know. That information has not been released. We don't know the condition of any of those people or their, your, whether they're healthy or not or have recovered. But ultimately, it was a PR nightmare. And so it appears that the um, Hawaii State uh, Health Board and other organizing bodies, legislative regulators, are not allowing surf competitions to happen in Hawaii for the uh, unforeseen future. Thoughts on this? Do you want me to ask you more direct questions? Take it away. No, I mean, I, I honestly think the, this would not have happened uh, if, say, a surfer had contracted coronavirus uh, and WCL, you know, isolated that surfer, did whatever, contact tracing, you know, see who else has it maybe postpone for a couple days and then send it back out in the water. What I mean, I don't even know why you postponed at that point. I think Hawaii would have been cool with it all. Right. Like I think the WSL was doing, or yeah, a Honolulu star advertiser piece came out yesterday, sort of detailing the entire thing that, you know, WSL, I think claimed to do 1100 tests with a 0.5%, I think, uh, you know, positive rate or whatever, like they were doing what they're supposed to be doing. They were doing what, the NBA and NFL, of course, there's risk in running live or, you know, when people are physically in contact with each other competitions, but there's also a reward to that. I think Hawaii's tourism board and all this, they did a risk reward analysis that 
Sure, there's risk in granting this permit, but the reward is, again, in a time of COVID where there's not much live entertainment and all this stuff, we get to have Hawaii showcased to the world. The fact that I got showcased in a completely silly way, which was, I'll put directly on Eric Logan's shoulders, especially the fact that it was him who contracted it and brought it in, exactly, or him, him who was the headline, like totally foolish. Hawaii's protocols look foolish. The Yago Dora story that then leaked out because the WSL was refusing to take any kind of forward facing, you know, responsibility for it was foolish. It was just foolish, 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 foolish. And so I, I put the cancellations squarely on Logan's shoulders. And then him, he was interviewed for the, uh, Honolulu star advertiser story. And his claim was there was no contrition, no apology of, you know, yes, we were doing the best we could, but we sh- I personally should have done better. I should have done better, right? It was him who got it. I should have done better. He said, we were not told to cancel pipe. Did you read that? That quote yeah. baffled me. We were not told to cancel pipe or, or postpone pipe. I made that decision. What the hell for? Why did you make that decision? What, like, of all the decisions you could have made, you made an asinine, silly decision? Uh, like his claim was that the, that five day hold for the contest was his decision to clarify what you're saying precisely. But who cares about that five day hold? Like of all the things that have gone down, uh, that didn't need, that was the one thing that didn't need. Exactly. Like, exactly. So you're taking, you're taking responsibility for the one thing that didn't need to happen. I mean, it's bizarre. and, And really, I don't, I really don't like to kick a man when he's down, but Eric Logan's like fumbling of this thing. I don't know how he still has a job, to be honest. I don't know how he didn't just step down himself. Well, I, I mean, I'm kind of waiting for that shoe to drop, right? There's no, the, that's kind of where the buck stops. And I think that when he took the CEO position, it was all of our understanding. I think it was uh, somewhat outrightly stated by him, but based on his resume, it was all of our understanding that they're really the WSL is transitioning to a media company. It's going to have all of this shoulder content and it's going to be centered around the tent pole events, which are the events, the, the competitions, the surfing competitions. But realistically, he wasn't hired to run professional surfing competitions. Well, none of that media has happened yet. None of those, that shoulder content has happened yet. What we have seen of it, I mean, the ultimate surfer, maybe that's going to be the first big boon, you know, because all the internet based stuff just simply doesn't justify kind of hiring somebody at his of his pedigree or with his background. So that stuff hasn't happened. So now he's taking the role of running tours and he completely, like you said, fumbled the first event. And I don't know where else the buck would stop. I don't know what I don't know, corporation wouldn't kind of have a real reprimanding of the people making those decisions. The, the, the reality is COVID is a, is a threat. Like you can blame everything on COVID, but the contraction rate, if it is the 0.5% that he said of positive tests, then that's reasonable. That should have been factored into the business plan and the media, the communication strategy and everything. Like, hey, we're going to go to Hawaii and this many people are probably, based on statistics, this many people are probably going to get COVID. And here's how we run the event, knowing that. But the fact that somebody catches it and then it's his decision, apparently, to shut down the five days of the event when it's the best swell of the waiting period and not run the event, 
doesn't make any sense at all. It shows, it it only validates what we're saying about fumbling and lack of leadership. It especially doesn't make any sense too with the cone of silence, right? Like, because what what I had heard was that Hawaii shut them down. Uh, They were on a film permit. They were prohibited from making any statement because that would be considered work and they weren't allowed to do any work, right? Do their film permit. So if that's not true, if Eric Logan decided to shut it down and then just decided to shut up for five days and not say anything, like what kind of lack of leadership is that? I mean, the whole thing is such buffoonery and it's not like surfing is alone in trying to hold events. Again, the NBA is doing it. The NCAA is doing it. The NFL is doing it. I mean, there's leagues and live sport being run across the globe with varying levels of success, nothing as bad as the World Surf League. There's been games canceled, yes, in other leagues and sports. There's been no postponing of the season for, you know, now, okay, we're going to postpone this event. Now this event is canceled. This event is canceled. Now we're going to start again. I mean, how do you, there's no momentum even. You A season needs momentum to get going, yeah. right? So now we're going to start in Australia. I mean, it's just, we're it's not. silliness. Yeah, I mean, or or we're not exactly. It's it's silliness at a level and buffoonery at a level that, I mean, I I just don't get. It. I I see in some professional surfers Instagrams, you know, they'll be uh, or on his, I suppose, people commending him for his leadership. I don't I don't know what you're pointing to. That's what I was going to ask you about too. That was actually kind of my main topic of discussion for today. Is what the hell? is with all of the pro surfers clapping in it and like a great decision to cancel sunset. Like this is a tough time. You're smart to cancel, which may be true, except you're the reason we have to cancel sunset with all of these other events being canceled is because of your mishandling of pipeline. So he's the one, what do you, it's insanity. I, and it, I, I mean, I think it's literally it. they're hanging on to the, those pro surfers are hanging I think some of them are that dumb. And then the other ones I think are hanging on to their livelihood by a thread. And it's like, they, they know their only way. I mean, for the vast majority of them, aside from Jane, whoever's going to be the next Jamie O'Brien, who by the way, now has more YouTube subscribers than the WSL does. Okay. If that gives you an indicator for the WSL's lack of being able to pull off what they're trying to pull off. Um, for anybody who's not going to become the next Jamie O'Brien, there's no livelihood. Like for all of those kind of lower tier guys who don't have a media backing, they also don't have sponsors at this point. So their only thing that they're fighting for is contest money. And the contest money doesn't justify traveling around the world, paying for a hotel for two weeks so that you can quarantine all of the expense involved with that just to then get last place. Like, so, but that's the only, that's the only job they know. And so they're, you know, kissing Eric Logan's boots saying, Hey, you're doing a great job because maybe I have no idea. I mean, I think, I think Logan is, as we both know, is a personal, personable guy, right? He's a nice guy to, you know, a friendly guy. I think he probably has personal relationships with a lot of those or, you know, on a surface level with a lot of those guys. And so maybe there is just kind of the rote, hey, I like you, and so I support you kind of thing. But truly, it is, it is, uh, yeah. We need I to mean, 
we need to draw analogies to Trump. I feel like this is like a much broader, we could do like a whole series where, you know, Republicans are watching him, like, hey, I want to be with the winner, right? And it makes sense. And I kind of see this, the, the strategy is chaotic, but I kind of see the line that it's taking. We're at the point now where everybody's jumped ship, where it's like literally cabinet members are quitting last night. Trump, Pence is siding with Biden, like all of this. And so at what point do you jump ship? And right now there's a few people hanging on going, uh, we'll still kiss the ring. Will you please maybe give me a commentary position in the future sort of a thing? But why not How just much- say, why not just jump ship and be like, no, I'm going to go do it on my own. I, I don't need I mean- this. That's the thing is I don't see how a, I mean, I am not anti-professional surfing. You and I, I think both love professional surfing, right? Yeah. Like it is some of the greatest entertainment around as much as I call it boring and all that. I love it. Like when a contest is on and we can live chat on beach grant and all this so much fun. Uh, but I, I just think the WSL should be put out of its misery at this point. Uh, and somebody else should come in and sort of reimagine what a tour looks like from literally the ground up, not taking over a flagging organization, but really start over and think, okay, how could we do a tour, uh, you know, with the right amount of surfers in the right place? I know it takes money. I know it's hard, but I think the audience is there. It's just the audience is not there for what the WSL is doing. Well, yeah. And to clarify, you're saying we love professional surfing. Yes, that is, let's make that crystal clear. This isn't shaming the WSL because we want, we hate competitive surfing. This is, we love it so much and we see how horrendous the judging can be at times, how horrendous the venue selection can be at times, how horrendous, like we see all these errors and here's kind of the logical path to go why aren't you going that path? You're hiring the wrong people. You're, you know, so. And that, even when you hire the right people, like stinking Pat O'Connell, perfect hire. But why is Pat not out front? As Devin opposed too. To, yeah, Devin. The, I mean, they have fantastic people. Why aren't these people out front as opposed to Logan being out front? Like the fact that Logan puts himself out front is such a blunder, I think. I don't understand why he does that, why he doesn't put his people that he hired, he as CEO should be quietly sitting back, pushing Pat and Devin out front and having them make decisions. And I mean, I know that it's a, I'm sure the surfers are a disaster to deal with, not Pat and Devin, but uh, you know, the pros all have their own agendas. You got Kelly Slater in there weighing in on what days you should paddle out on and stuff, right? Like, I mean, they should stink and just hire Kelly, to be honest. Kelly should become the face of pro surfing and they should just do, I'm sure Kelly, Kelly could be like, remember when Pete Rose, or you may be too young, when Pete yeah. Rose was player manager? Yeah. Yeah, so Pete Rose played baseball, played whatever. I can't remember even what position he was. That's true. First base, maybe. And managed at the same time. Kelly, Kelly Slater should be CEO surfer. He should yep. be CEO of the league, making the decisions. Surfers would get behind it. I think more or less they'd be better decisions than what we get. Uh, and, yeah. Kelly owns the wave pool that this contest is going to happen. And he owns the surfboards that are going to be surfed in that wave pool, owns the clothing that you wear at the venue and competes in the contest and runs the organization. All good. As long as it's not in the stinking wave pool. Um, It's it's totally where did you see the beach grit story that uh, the trestles permit has not been pulled yet. Yeah. So, so as we look to the rest of the season, you Cedar Hobbs on beach grit 
reported that the trestles permit has not been secured for where they're supposedly going to do the final day event and the GLAN event got canceled. So those things didn't are officially off. get canceled. I mean, that's crazy because they didn't say one word. Yeah, yeah. They did not say one word about it. It's just off the schedule. It disappeared um, before any of this stuff got canceled. I noticed that a couple of weeks ago. But it it's crazy just to, just to quietly drop it and say nothing. I know it's ridiculous. Well, again, <laughs> just add that. It's the least ridiculous thing among this whole. <laughs> um, so let's look at the rest of the year. Do you think there's any chance that Australia happens in April? I think uh, yes, because I think Australia itself is heavily invested in professional surfing. I think the municipalities and stuff like pour money into it in a way that nowhere else does on tour. And so I wouldn't be surprised if the Australian leg happened and then nothing else happened. Do you know what Australia is more invested in than professional surfing? Keeping COVID away? Yes. <laughs> yes, they've poured way more money into keeping COVID away and way more just organization in a short period of time. There is no chance the tour goes to Australia in my mind. I mean, they're so if, strictly locked down. They are, but if they think that, okay, we got the vaccine now and, you know, April is still a few months away and let's let's watch and see. And, and if there's like a a dip in contractions or whatever, like... I see it going in Australia, like I imagine super strictly, right? I imagine all the surfers have to get there two weeks early. They basically have to quarantine in the same hotel, like where you do a sort of NBA bubble thing where surfers aren't allowed to really go out and fraternize. Like they can be in their hotel room, they can get room service, they can hang out with each other, that's it. I see Australia like demanding that sort of thing. There's no chance that the WSL, they've, they've proven they do not have that level of dominion over their competitors nor organization to do it for their competitors and staff. So there's no chance that the WSL could even pull off what the Australian government would require them to pull off. The other detail is the like kind of rolling out the vaccine that quickly, which apparently they're going to roll it out in March in Australia. The vaccine doesn't prevent you from getting the virus, nor from passing the virus to others. So all that it does is lessen or stop the severity of the symptoms. So I can go over there with the vaccine, be asymptomatic, but give it to an older woman you know, or an older man or whoever who is vulnerable population and they could die because I gave it to them and they're not vaccinated and I am. So there's way too much liability and risk involved in that. I, for, if, for them to if, pull it together in a matter of months. What's your over-under here? If Australia is canceled, does the WSL collapse? Or does Dirk Ziff give it, does Dirk Ziff say, take a deep breath and say, I have enough money. I can wait this out. I am going to wait. I'm going to call this COVID year. I'm not going to call it a bungling of leadership. I'm going to call it a uh, disaster that we couldn't have foreseen and we couldn't have prevented write it off okay um, we're gonna hit 21 22 strong and give it a real push do you think he does that or do you think he if the tour is canceled rolls it up done are you there you just disappeared oh sorry yep i'm here can you hear me yeah um i think his decision to roll it up will be based on uh, Eric Logan and the WSL's contingency plan 
for what they will do with 2021. So if Dirk sits down and has that meeting with him and they go, well, I guess we're not running tours. Let's put together a plan. He goes, dude, we're done. Too little, too late. If they call the meeting with Dirk and they're the ones who say, hey, I know it looks like we might not be able to run the events this year. Good news. We've already chartered boats. We're going to do this bubble event. Here's where the schedule is going to be based on swell forecasts at time of year. This is where we're going to go in April, May. Here's where we're going to go in June, July. And we're going to broadcast these events. We're going to charge for them. I know it's not a lot of money. We're going to set up a pay-per-view thing, but at least it's some money. We're additionally going to try to sell sponsorships. Like if there was some level of contingency plan that Dirk said, well, I'm not going to make, it's not going to be a profitable year, but I'm not going to write the year off completely because that's the thing is that's the the Dirk's um, goal. I don't think he was planning to make money in 2021 anyways. All that he's hoping to do is build foundation to make money in maybe 2030, you know, and build those blocks. But if the blocks aren't even being put in place right now, there's no point. There's no way that you're going to double down on a bad investment and just keep throwing money into the hole. It's, it would be stupid. How much, how much do you think all of this is hinging on uh, ultimate surfer where Dirk doesn't want to pull the plug before ultimate surfer comes out? Because in case it's a hit in case like, Ooh, it is the masked singer, uh, you know, of the summer or whatever, where everybody loves it. Everybody's tuned in. The national media is, following the storylines yeah. is the next survivor, right? Where, and then he had, oops, I pulled the plug on pro surfing. So I wonder, I wonder if that's his final, if that goes, if that fizzles, if he'll say, okay, there's just, the interest is not here to sustain this thing at the level that I'm pouring money into it. So the ultimate surfer as a property itself will never return the amount of money required to justify that. What it might do is be a flywheel that can spin off like all of these other things, like it makes surfing popular. Well, now that surfing's more popular, people want to uh, go surf wave pools. People want to watch professional surf events and all that sort of stuff. None of that exists right now. So I, I there's no events. looking at it though and saying surfing is why is surfing has never been more popular participation wise, right? I mean, there's never been more people in the water. Yeah, but they don't monetize that version of it. Sure, but they're, they're, just monet- saying, okay, they're monetization. But they're saying, okay, they're here. Let's go, let's go get them. Then they were chasing the wrong, you, you just went away again. Sorry, sorry, sorry. It's okay. Uh, there, there are more surfers in the lineup. They're not monetizing those surfers and they're too late to chase whatever monetization for those surfers look like. Surfline's already doing that. You know What they're doing is running events and having kind of uh, things to watch potentially on the internet or elsewhere. And they're hoping that the flywheel of yeah, maybe the ultimate surfer or something gives them audience in all these other areas, but those areas don't exist right now. You know, like the events aren't happening. If, if you own the KS wave pool technology and you're planning to sell that around the world, people aren't getting together in water parks right now. So that bet is a long way off. And I think we were already almost at a tipping point of, pulling the plug on this thing pre COVID and there's, I've seen no contingency plan in place for COVID. And let's, again, 
not just talking crap for the sake of talking crap. Let's just look at successful examples. Um, a listener sent me, a longtime listener sent me this video that Dana White tweeted that was basically saying like, look, in a year where everybody thought the chips were down, we've gained market share and made more money than we ever have before. And that's, yep. the, that's really what we're asking for of the leadership at the WSL is there's opportunities for fortunes to be made in this time. And right. the ball has been just completely fumbled and the air let out. And surfing like ultimate fighting, I think is progressive and that it's not a rigid sport. It's not baseball. There's there's not hundreds of years of rules and regulations. And that's why people love baseball. People love baseball because the statistics, the stats that have been tabulated for 110 years, right? That's not why people love surfing. Like, so be bold, be progressive. What is it that's going to get people to come watch this thing? I mean, that's again, yeah, not crap talking, but that's what I love about surfing is that it's nothing. It's a beautiful feeling more or less. And so make some production that's representative of that, which is not anything they've ever done and why it's failing because it's just, it's so hollow and does not resonate with, I mean, I think the diehard surf fan will, you know, sit on his hands and watch it because he's an addict, but it's never going to attract an audience because it's not, it's not representative of how surfing feels. The, well, almost feels as good as snowboarding, I heard. Oh, I got to get out there, speaking of. <laughs> uh, what time do you have to can't be done with this? Like five minutes. I'm already okay. pushing it. Okay. Uh, one quick alternative move for the WSL. Um, furlough all the staff, put everything in storage containers, and just be like, we'll be back in 2023. You know, like, and tell us that. Just say, hey, yeah. this is so not feasible for us to try to do this and our salaries and all of whatever the rent that we're paying and whatever is all just kind of bleeding our benevolent investor dry. So it's the prudent decision just to put everything in storage and we will be back. Yes. I'd be fine. I mean, totally. If they just said anything, if they said anything at all that, yeah, that didn't, didn't seem mealy mouthed and, and And seem like a plan manipulative. Yeah. And come back with a plan. Come yeah. back with a whole reimagined thing. Amen. All right. Well, moving on, let's close out with Barrel or Nah. You got five minutes. Barrel or Nah, wearing a headdress to a riot. Barrel. <laughs> if you're going to a riot, you better be decked out for the occasion. Who wants to go to a riot in street clothes? Like, you better have your riot costume on. That was the, again, not to make light of what happened yesterday. Tragic. But the funny part was the costumery. It, it really was. was it was a pageant. It was a pageant. And a I would have thought, pageant. I would have thought wear protective gear. They weren't even wearing protective gear and not just a mask. I'm talking like a helmet and whatever. These guys were wearing like animal skin uh, headdresses. They were like peacocks. I mean, it's so amazing to me that you're going to do that. Okay. Like if you want to do that, great. But wouldn't you want anonymity? A yeah. No, I want a spotlight on me with my costume wouldn't you want your face covered B nope. I want everybody to see my face because that's my costume and my bros are going to think it's sick. I mean, the whole thing is amazing. I mean, do people think they're not actually going to get arrested or there's no consequence? I I think that they don't under, they think that Trump is going to remain in office and they will be 
exonerated Absolved. because of their, okay. uh, yeah, exonerated because of their patriotic action, not recognizing they are domestic terrorists who look like buffoons. And the headline is, I mean, this is beyond what we see coming out of um, dictatorship countries, you know, like, yeah. and even the reporters there, they're like, I've been to Fallujah. This is crazier, you know? I mean, so. especially because people in Fallujah were sacking embassies and government offices wearing their normal clothes, <laughs> like really stirred up in the moment. They didn't dress up for the occasion. Yeah. There's a level of kind of um, delusion, I think, is kind of what's happening with who was at that riot yesterday. Uh, barrel or not, number two, counting calories. This is a New Year's Nah, thing. nah, no barrel. I think it's been, aren't calories, and I'm no dietitian, but aren't calories and all of this, isn't it totally in flux with like how many you need, what kind you need, where they come from, et cetera, et cetera. And so if you're just counting calories, it seems like something that makes you miserable, makes you do weird math, and doesn't actually give you the result you want at the end. See, I think to the contrary, calories are all that matters. Burn more calories you than you take in. I mean, I hear you. If you if you want to lose weight, I'm gonna say just go for a stinking go for longer and longer runs or swims. I I fully agree with you up until this moment, um, because Bad Boy Rai Rai, photo surf photographer, shout out. He's looking so fit on Insta, and I was like, "What the heck?" And he goes, "Dude, I'm just counting calories." Like he's working out as well, but he goes, "The counting calories thing matters," and he's like, "I had no idea." the amount of calories that I was putting in my body just when I thought I was doing good. He's like, I'd have granola and nuts and thought that that was healthy or, but it turns out that's a huge calorie load. Whereas an egg with avocado and toast is less. So I transitioned to these other things that I actually enjoy more. Tortilla chips weren't filling me up. Turns out there's tons of calories. And so these subtle adjustments through counting. So he sent me a, my fitness pal app. It's an app. And he's like, just track it on here and you can just shed pounds. So I'm on it. I'm it? on the program. Yeah. I need to drop 20 to get in my proper surfing shape. I'm going to, I'm going to go have a double bison burger on mountain today. Just well, to, <laughs> just to double load on your calories. The thing is you offset by the amount of exercise you're doing. <laughs> and, and the, yeah. the app actually factors that in. It deducts once you get, um, start working out. All right. You're going nah. I'm going. Yeah but I was always gnaw before, but I'm, yeah, yeah I'm counting now. Big gnaw. I'm going to actually hold out my vote because we'll see how this pans out after a month. I don't like counting in general. I don't either. Trust me. This is a nightmare to me, but um, it might be worth it in the end. Okay. Barrel or not wearing a destination t-shirt while on vacation or when you come back from vacation, you see people go... in the airport coming back from Hawaii with a Hawaii shirt on. Okay, so this is a complicated one. I used to feel really bad about when you went and saw a band, right? They would never be wearing their own band t-shirt. They would be wearing, if they were wearing a band t-shirt, it'd be another band t-shirt, right? Like, mm -hmm. and I always thought, well, what kind of advertising is that? Look at you up there. You should be wearing your own band t-shirt. Realizing later, that's the kookiest thing you could possibly do, wear your own t-shirt while performing, et cetera, et cetera, right? Uh, with the destination t-shirt, I feel, I suppose it's unrelated to the band wearing their own t-shirt. I'm going to say it's 
but it's it's sort of if you're wearing your destination t-shirt in destination i'm gonna give it a barrel so but, you're in you're in lahaina maui and you're like walking around the shops you pick up a lahaina shirt and you put it on that day and continue your vacation i'm gonna, I'm gonna say barrel i'm gonna say i yeah just like i thought i'm gonna go back to my original and say the band should be wearing their concert t-shirt just their own concert t-shirt while playing just like the person on vacation should be wearing their vacation t-shirt while on vacation. Yeah. I, I think yeah. I almost admire it. I would never do, I've never bought a destination t-shirt period. I don't own any, but I do almost admire the cluelessness of that, like, like the cluelessness of their fashion sense for one. I mean, cause those shirts are never ever tasteful. No, they're terrible. And, and their, their pride for having accomplished their goal of like, they probably saved a bunch of money to go to Lahaina. They accomplished Went their goal. They're super proud about it. And they want to showcase to other people in Lahaina that they're also in Lahaina. In Lahaina, the pride, the pride and enjoyment of being. That's the, you hit the nail on the head. That's why I give it a barrel. You, it's, it's a pure passion. They are not thinking about being cool. They're not thinking about what other people are thinking. They are thinking, I am in Lahaina. Look at me and look at me. I am jealous of that person and the way they live their life, to be honest with you, because I walk around carrying all this, I don't know, anxiety of expectation and like trying to whatever. And it's a burden. I just want to be that I'm gonna, guy. I'm going to buy a Jackson, Wyoming t-shirt today and wear it. Perfect. Post a photo on Instagram. I'm going to do it. I have, before we leave real quick, I have one shout out. Yeah. One shout out to Kyle in South Africa. Uh, Kyle DM'd me a beautiful message, a wonderful message. Uh, I hit him back. And then he responded with surprise that I hit him back. Like, thank you. I said something about DMing other surf media before who will remain nameless and never got a response. And I think it's so silly. I mean, not that I respond every time, but I really genuinely try and really genuinely love when people reach out. And I, I know they reach out to you too. And that level of fun, engagement is what brings i don't know it makes me happy every time well that was sweet we need to make Chaz grit again because this is getting yeah, soft. <laughs> <laughs> i've got the hats already printed actually i should I showcase them right now i can't wait to get them I can't wait to get my, uh, that's going to be make Chaz, me wearing make Chaz grit again is going to be the same as band wearing their own t-shirt. Fully, fully. <laughs> Anybody who wants to see, go to our YouTube and watch this portion of the show. Make Chaz grit again, black and white embroidered. Uh, so we'll get those out on the website at some point soon. Be, we'll advertise I'll, it. I will be back in town live for our next show, David Lee. Okay, Even perfect. though I'm driving, it could extend. I'm not going to. I'm coming back. Drive straight to Album. I'll meet you there. Will do. All right, man. Have fun with the family. Thank you. All right. See ya. Get barrel. Get barrel.